Are you ready to uncover hindrances blocking your dreams? Welcome to Reveal the Diamond Within podcast. I'm your host, author and national pageant winner, Joanna Harabedian. Through thought-provoking interviews, inspiring stories and teachings, we help you shine in the four pillars of strength for emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial breakthrough. It's time to step into your God-given greatness. It's your time to shine. Welcome to Reveal the Diamond Within. I'm your host, Joanna Herbidian, and we have an amazing uh, show today. I have a very special guest with me. His name is Daniel Reynoso. Daniel is a minister. He's also a businessman, has a digital marketing company and a ministry with his wife, Giselle, and three amazing kids. And so today's show, we are going to address gender confusion for our kids. Right now we're in a culture where we have, the kids are so confused, you know, the, the agenda that's being propagated at school, trying to sexualize everything and confuse these kids. And so we want to gear these, the show for our kids. So if you're listening today, this is for you. So without further ado, I want to welcome Daniel to reveal the diamond within. Thanks, Joanne. I'm happy to be here. Yes, we're excited to have you here. You have such a powerful testimony, um, one that is of courage and strength and tenacity. And I'd like for you to briefly share your story um, today with your journey of how you were confused and how you came through same-sex attraction and how that actually kind of started for you. Yeah, absolutely. So... I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic. Um, I lived there till about I was about 10 years old. Um, and then I came to the States with my dad. Um, my mom and dad, they divorced with when I was two years old. Um, my mom remarried about two years later when I was four. Um, meanwhile, my dad was pretty much in and out of my life from the time I was two to the time I was 10. And I came to live with him here in the States. Um, but as a little boy in the island, um, you know, they have certain expectations of boys, certain, you know, parameters and just expectations of how they should act, the things they should be interested in, the way they should behave. And I didn't meet a lot of them. I was more of a quiet, inside type of boy, as opposed to most of my peers who were outside playing, climbing trees, just mean, you know, being boys and out and about, which draw a lot of attention for being different. Mm. Um, I would just say that I was different in terms of comparing to my peers. Uh, that brought on a lot of um, name calling, labeling, and quote unquote concerns from family members who started to believe that I was gay. I was different. I was quiet. I was more inside. So they they alluded that to be more effeminate in in, in their view. So I would walk into family members. Um, saying these things, I learned very early on how to pick up on their body language and just their approach to me and my parents and became very sensitive to the fact that they saw me as different. They mm. all believed I was effeminate, I was gay, and I was, you know, and they were all concerned. Um, so which then started to bring in confusion into my life. So as early as eight years old, I started to feel this same-sex same sex attraction towards other boys um, who, who were very good in the things that I lacked. Whatever attributes that 
you know, led family members and, and, and neighbors and cousins and people to say that I was effeminate and gay that other boys did not have or they possessed them and carry them very well. They became a source of attraction to me, um, which, of course, I was also exposed to uh, pornography and perversion. So the attraction came through the insecurity that I carried. And when I saw someone else not have that insecurity and carry themselves in a way that I didn't, that became sexualized, that became a sexual attraction, which then grew to the point that I came out of the closet in my teens and had a same-sex relationship for about three years mm-hmm. to the Lord. Wow. So really on the inside, you because you were ridiculed, you were not accepted, you were mm-hmm. rejected, you were not validated for who you were or the interests that you like. You were labeled on top of that and exposed to pornography. Now, who exposed you to pornography, if you don't mind me asking? No, I don't mind you asking at all. We had a family friend or a family and it had, must have been either a family friend or a a long distance family member. I remember I must have been four or five. My brother and I, uh, we slept in bunk beds. I slept mm-hmm. at the bottom. He slept on the top. And there was enough room for uh, a twin bed on the side in the room. And then in the middle was this small TV that we had in our room. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night to the family member sitting in between my bed and the bed that they had over here. Mm-hmm. And they were watching pornography. And of course, you know, following the action that comes when you watch that kind of stuff. Wow. So I up to that as a four or five-year-old. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So your identity was, you you didn't have any identity in terms of who you were, you know? And so it's very interesting that what you thought was a sexual attraction was really these boys embodied what you felt you didn't have. Exactly. So, they had the friends, they had the social acceptance, they, they were into sports and you weren't into the same sports. And so then it's, I can see how easy it is to be confused as a child, you're being labeled. And now you see a boy who, or someone who represents what you don't have. So now you idolize that because that's what you want. So it's really not that you're sexually attracted to them. It's they have what you, what you want. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that attracted me because I wanted it, but mm-hmm. the attraction was perverted mm-hmm. by many other things and sexualized as well, um, mm-hmm. which led me into a completely bad path of confusion. Right. Wow. Now, what uh, what brought you out of that? Like, what was your process and your journey towards finding your identity and who you are and moving into a different lifestyle? Yeah, absolutely. So in my teens, I, again, you know, as a little boy, even growing up, became stronger and just picking up on cues and becoming overly sensitive with the way people would treat me and then the the things they would say, how they would say it. So I, I just reverted into myself and never allowed myself to explore anything that really came from me. I focused more on the facade and keeping myself, quote unquote, together where I wouldn't ever invite the comments, the accusations or certain treatments that spoke the same thing. So I grew up 
very little hearing, you know, you're not boy enough, you're not man enough. Um, anything I did, anything I wanted, it was, it, it just became a sexual identity. It became, oh, you, you must be gay. You must be this. You, you're a feminine that only women do that. And mm. that label, that cornering me in a way, I became extremely cornered to the point that I did not want to be me. So I started to just be no one to your point, you know, I had no personality. I never developed one. Um, so I just started to be very stiff and make sure that I don't move my hands a lot. Lest somebody tells me only women move their hands. Like, like my mind became extremely concerned with this and extremely burdened with, with the possibility of this happening again. So I, I reverted to, to inside um, from eight years old to think I'm still walking out of some of that to be quite honest, because it, it was just very profound um, and, you know, God is good. But when I was a teenager, someone came to my door and presented me with Jesus. It was a, a minister with their child. They used to knock on doors, give you a track, give you the plan of salvation. Right. And I remember just being very early on, very fascinated by Christians and how how passionate they were in, in their walk and their belief. And I said, surely if someone can help me, it can help fix me is God. So I didn't do it because of that necessarily, but that was my plan behind it. So I accepted Jesus at my door. Um, later on, I went to work. Somebody invited me to their church. I went to their church for about two months. We're talking about I'm barely, you know, 17 turning 18. And I'm like, I, I'm going to give this two months to see if God will fix me. So I would go to every prayer call that they would do in the altar. I would go to every, you know, service in hopes that they will fix me. And of course, you know, things just intensified. So after two months, I then started exploring um, this, this, um, this path. Went into a, a three-year-long relationship with someone in hopes of finally finding someone or something that would alleviate the thing that I was missing, which was really validation, which was really just celebration of what truly was. But of course, I didn't find it there. So that was just extremely toxic because it was the worst three years of my life. Wow. So you were really just looking for somebody to validate you. Absolutely. And say, you're special. I, you know, I accept you who you are. And and you were one needing that affirmation, which you didn't get in this relationship. Yep, I did not get got the complete opposite, and of course, got an inside look into the life of of, of people in the LGBTQ um, life, and how um, a lot of it is just full of pain and 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 just deep burdens and confusion and just mm. this a never-ending journey of finding happiness in the wrong right. places and in the wrong actions. Mm -hmm. So after three years, uh, finally, you know, the relationship ended. Um, I was invited to church um, by my sister, who is now a pastor. And at that service, it just felt that everything was tailored made for me from the message to, to the announcements. It was an unforgettable day. It just felt like everything was about me in terms of God speaking to me through just every single song, every single activity that was done at church that day. Um, and so after that, I, I started to pursue Jesus. Um, and for the first, I want to say three to four months, 
Um, my homosexuality was never addressed. The Lord never highlighted it. Of course, I was so infatuated with Jesus and the message of the gospel and just his grace and his love that I, I wasn't actively engaging in anything that dealt with that. Um, so it wasn't until three, four months after that, that my sister sent me a couple, a couple of verses and tells me, you know, read this and let me know what you think. And of course, these verses were about, you know, what the Bible says about homosexuality. Amen. Wow. That's so powerful, Daniel. You know, for our children who are listening right now, um, and they're in this situation where maybe they've been bullied like you were, they've been rejected, uh, they're not measuring up at home, uh, their mom and dad don't understand what would you say to that this this child right now, this person who's struggling with this? Yeah, the first thing is you're not your sexuality. Your sexuality doesn't identify you. It's not who you are, who you were created to be. That's the first thing. So don't ever let your struggle, don't ever let your confusion become a sexual identity. Don't let it get that deep. You know, the Lord is at your Beck and call, you know, if you call on him, he will answer you. If you ask him, he will give you answers and he will show you. The world will try to define you by the things that they see. But God knows your heart. He knows your spirit. He created you before the foundations of the world. And he's not calling you to be a performer. He's not calling you to be something that you're not. He's calling and he wants to celebrate you for who you are. Your differences are put in there by God. And they're not put in there to sexualize you, but it's to make you who you are. Amen. Wow. That's really good. Amen. That's awesome. So Daniel, tell us a little bit more about, um, like as a parent, what could our parents, how can a kid talk to his parent and say, mom and dad, you know, here's what I need. Like, how would a kid talk to his parent who doesn't understand? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the things that tend to be sexualized, they have a lot to do with your purpose on earth. And they have a lot to do with with what's going to make you feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So you have to navigate that as in a way that that would bring light and clarity in understanding why it is that you may feel inclined to something why that inclination it's coming a lot of things in us they come in a way of um manifestation almost mm -hmm. it's almost like we want to exercise and we want to manifest our true self and if we're not careful and we don't talk through certain things then we can get confused so i would approach my parent and i'm hoping that you have access to a parent that's willing to hear you and just talk through the feelings and say you know um, I'm feeling this way. Uh, talk through specifics. Be as specific as you can. You know, I remember, mom, when you dropped me off at school and you didn't give me, you know, the five dollars I asked you for. I felt like you abandoned me. I felt like you didn't care about me. Talk about this. I know it seems um, and be very detailed in, in how the feeling came, how the inclination came, what specifically is inclining you one way or the other. Is it that you feel that that's going to bring you happiness or is it that's, you know, it feels like it's just naturally something that you feel like you want, just naturally go towards and talk through the attraction because 
oftentimes you're going to find that what you're attracted to and what you're wanting to do is not necessarily what you want. It's just you, that's the way that you've kind of defined it. I hope that makes sense. But when you talk through it, you talk through details, you'll uncover certain secret hidden parts that will let you know that's not really what you want. You really want somebody to celebrate. You really want somebody to give you a chance. You really want somebody to say, good job here. And you're finding a way, and you're and, and the way that you're finding it is by going this way, and it may not be so. Um, amen. That's really good. Because when you were in that relationship in your later uh, years, you didn't get what you thought you were going to get. And so what you just said speaks to that because you were attracted and you thought you should go that route. You defied, you know, culture, the norm of your family, which took a lot of courage to do and only to find that it, what you had wasn't really what you wanted, Yeah, what you needed. Yeah. A lot of times we feel these really strong, especially if you're a teenager and you're growing and your body's developing, you're becoming more aware uh, neurologically in your mind, you know, you're expanding, you're growing. So part of that growth, it doesn't only happen externally to your body, um, but it also happens in your mind. It happens in your heart. It happens in your emotions. Whereas a kid, you're unaware of certain things, but now that you're growing and you're walking closer towards adulthood, you become more aware of things. And one of those huge things is, is, is sexual, your mm-hmm. sexuality, your, you know, your, your, um, your um, genitals starts to, you know, change and you start Start to your voice starts to change. If you're a man, you start to grow hair. If you're a woman, you start to develop in other areas. And this can um, sexualize a lot of things that are not meant to be sexualized. As a matter of fact, people who have sexual inclinations that may not necessarily be biblical and they're very strong, the least of the sexual part is the least of the problem. There's something bigger happening deeper in the deeper parts of that person that they're wanting to to navigate and they don't know how to. So the easiest way is to practice a sexual act or or go into a sexual or specific sexual lifestyle because it's easier you know we get so caught up when things where we don't understand something Mm -hmm. and we have the way to really grasp what it is and to put a name on it and to understand it we get very impatient and then we put a label on where it must be because i'm you know, I'm gay or I'm a man in a woman's body or I'm a woman in a man's body. And let me, you know, castorize or, or or go through this and hormone changes. And after a period of time, you realize that that's not really what you needed. Mm-hmm. You really needed an emotional healing is what you needed. Emotional healing and emotional navigation. And again, you know, as you're growing as a teenager, you have emotions and your hormones are everywhere. You're sensitive to certain things, again, because your body is changing. There's a lot of work going on on the inside. Mm-hmm of your body when you're a teenager and you don't feel normal you're and these are somewhat normal right this is somewhat normal science you know your body is changing you're growing things are happening inside and they're working out your emotions your mind your neurological and you cannot allow yourself to define your entire life because for a small period of time you're going through this process of growing Mm-hmm. And that could be hard and that could be confusing and that could be sexualized, which is what we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then you have 
these, you know, children who are being counseled to cut off body parts when the child does it, it's not even what they need. They don't know what they need. They're a child. And so it's, you know, they're naturally confused. And so that's why the show is, I think, really poignant right now that if you are in this situation and you're struggling with confusion about your gender and your identity, it's really what is the deeper root inside? Yes. It's really what have you not received as a child or you're currently not getting if you're a kid from mom and dad or what is the social support network that maybe you're not experiencing? Maybe you're being bullied or you're being rejected. I know that was a big part for you. You were bullied in school. You mm-hmm. were bullied by your family. You know, you weren't accepted. You were rejected. And so it kind of put you on this path of loneliness. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and now we're living in a digital age, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, um, young people are learning to socialize through digital platforms that may not necessarily be as transparent as they could. You know, we're all wanting to paint a picture of our life that's not necessarily real. And that can cause us to take that unrealistic perception from social media and try to make it a reality when it's not meant to be and Mm -hmm. it's not real. And so one of the number one things that I would tell you if you're a teen and you're going through gender confusion or sexual confusion, or you're feeling inclined to one or the other, is that the inclination and the exploration of that can be quote unquote normal in a scientific way, especially because of the hormones that are developing in your body. But it's very dangerous to to navigate those things without, without clarity. And it's not the will of God that you would take this precious time of your life where you're growing and you're becoming um, an an individual in the presence of God. And you're supposed to walk into your purpose of God or understanding who you are, what you like, what you don't like. It's not ideal for you to sexualize that so quickly. So you want to be able to to find a way to sober up from the expectations of society, especially um, um, digital society or social Mm -hmm. media, from the expectation of social media to put a label on everything. This is the reason why we went from I'm gay, lesbian, to uh, I'm transsexual, to I'm a um, transvestite, or to now uh, I don't know what I am, so you can call me they or them. Uh, I'm neither or. Because now we're taking the the process of of development and because we're not able to understand what we're going through and we don't want to identify that specific something, then just call me they. Let's just be in the middle and or call me a cat or call me a. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, And that is delusional and that is going to drive your head crazy. So if you're out there and you're not wanting to partake in this and you're having a problem but you're you can you can identify with the feeling but with the actions you're having an issue with that is completely normal. You don't have to. You can navigate this in prayer. You can navigate this through a conversation and the more you navigate it in the open, you'll be able to see the truth of what's really happening and you'll be free and happy and fulfilled. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And <clears throat> how, what would you say are a couple of things that someone can do right now? What are, or what are three tips? What are three, what advice would you give someone to kind of walk through this process? They, they are in this place where yeah. they're confused. How would you say? Yeah, absolutely. 
So, you know, the way that I walk through it, which I still do to this day, I think it applies in everything. Um, I remember, again, you know, the number one thing you want to do is you want to ask the question you or you want to first admit, I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling inclined to this. Um, I'm feeling like I like, um, you know, the same sex or I'm feeling like I'm a man inside of a woman's body. Um, Admit it, admit it. And then and and then you want to ask, where did that come from? How did this happen? You know, what reminds me is if you read in the book of Genesis, when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they realized that they were naked, they Mm -hmm. hid. When Mm -hmm. God came and asked them or was looking for Adam, and he said, Adam, why did you hide? And Adam answered him, well, because I was naked and I became afraid because I was naked. And then the Lord asked him, who told you that you were naked? You know, it is it is amazing that they had been naked all along, right? Mm-hmm. Up until the point that they sinned against the Lord and they became aware. And a voice came through fear and told them that they were naked. So I'm asking you, who's telling you that you're a woman inside of a man's body? Who's telling you that you're gay? Who Who is telling you? Who's that voice? Where is that coming from? And then as you navigate that, you'll realize the truth. You'll realize that it's an emotion. You'll realize that it may have been a traumatic experience. You may have been, it may have been a perception. It may have been a social media title because you're a girl and you're not interested in makeup and you're 12 or 13 and you're not interested in dresses. You like pants and you just want to be tomboy because it's more comfortable. Now everybody wants to say that you're a man inside of a woman's body. That's the day. Those are the days that we're living in. So it may have come from that, but the more you navigate and the more transparent you are and you don't allow yourselves to be given away to a social media or a social cultural um, way of handling things, you're really walking truth and you'll be able to really celebrate yourself as opposed to just giving yourself away to whatever the world is saying that you are. So it's again, you know, identifying and admitting what you're feeling and then asking the question, who is telling me this? Mm-hmm. Where is this coming from? And being willing to see that through so that you can walk in freedom if you decide that that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really good. Now, <clears throat> share a little bit about um, your how you met your beautiful wife. And because you came out of that four year relationship, you became on fire. You got, you know, you love, began to love God, love Jesus. And then you met Giselle. So tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So it was a journey of about five, six years of deliverance in church. So again, you know, if you're a young person or you're the parent of a young person who is in church and they seemed or you are struggling, um, you you know, there's there, there is a place for you. There is grace for you. I was in church for about five, six years for the beginning of my walk where I was still dealing with same sex attraction, navigating what that looked like, um, praying to God for deliverance. I'm praying to God to set me free. And through that six years, I dealt with a lot of things. And there was a lot of truth that the Lord um, revealed in my life Um, until eventually, you know, all the chains were broken. And I'm talking about, you know, I pray to God. I'm like, God, I don't want to get married. If I'm going to have residue, if I'm going to be intimate with my wife and have the conjure up images of man in my mind. I mean, you know, with the Lord, everything goes. 
Right. You know, there's nothing you can ask him. There's nothing you can pray to him where he's going to go like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're praying that. Right. You know, everything goes. Everything goes. I literally pray. I'm like, God, I'm not going to get I don't want you to let me get married if I'm going to deal with these struggles in my intimate bed. Mm-hmm. Set me free for real. Make me free. Make me whole. Um so after years of doing that, um, and then coming to the other side of deliverance, I met my wife. Um, she worked at my niece's school. Um, my sister, who you know um, started pastoring at that time, um, would have me help her drop off my nieces at school at work. So I used to see um, Giselle, who's now my wife, and then you know she would catch my eye. Um, but I wouldn't pursue anything until my sister happened to go to school and she has the gift of prophecy as, um, Joanna knows. And she Mm -hmm. saw her and she, and she said, I don't know, there's something about that girl that's always at the door with the kids. And then I knew exactly who she was talking about. It's like I hadn't, she had a vision of me and her getting married before we even met, before we even talked to each other. Um, everything really fast. Uh, I think we were officially introduced in February of 2014. And by June of 2014, we got married. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you know, and we're coming up nine years strong. That is so good. What a testimony. And I know that, you know, when you were in your high school, you know, you you were attracted to girls, but you didn't feel that you were worthy enough or good enough or that they would even ever be remotely interested in you. And that's why you didn't pursue girls. That's right. Yeah. I would talk myself out of it. Again, you know, you, I grew so inward, so afraid, so overly concerned with the way people will perceive me or the comments they would say that anytime I had an attraction towards a, a female, I would talk myself out of it and just basically say, you know, you're not boy enough. You're not man enough. They'll never be interested in you. You remember you're gay, you're gay, you're gay. And I would, and those were the words that I continue to repeat myself over and over because that's what I kept hearing. And again, you know, going back, who told, who told you that? Who told me this? Mm-hmm. Um, which was a big, big, when, once I faced that question and I started navigating that, who told me that in the presence of God is really where I later on found true deliverance um, from, from it all. Mm-hmm. Wow. So beautiful. Well, this has been awesome. Um, share with everyone your contact information for your ministry. Yeah, absolutely. So my wife and I, we have a ministry. Um, it's called Encounter Ministries. Our goal and our desire is to disciple people into knowing God for themselves through the word and through prayer. Uh, we lead a weekly Bible study all through Zoom. We have people from all over the nation. Um, we also have a youth group that meets every other Wednesday, and we have as well as prayer on Mondays. Um, you can find out more information on, on our website, deepencounter.org. There you'll have all the information you need to contact us and see what we're up to. Awesome. Well, let's end in prayer. I'll let you start and I'll finish. Yeah, absolutely. So Father God, we thank you so much for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that your hand hasn't hasn't um, come away from us, but we thank you that you're forever extending your grace and your mercy towards us. I thank you, Father, for the young people on the other side, oh God that are listening, that are searching for answers and for the truth. I thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit, Lord God, will lead them to all truth. I thank you, Lord, that Jesus will become real to them. I thank you, Father, that you would open up their ears 
open up their eyes, soften their hearts to be able to perceive you and hear your voice for themselves. I thank you, Lord, that you will reveal yourself in a way where they'll be able to see who you truly call them to be and that they'll have the courage and the strength, oh God, to be able to navigate every single thing in their life in you. I present those listeners, I present those young people, those parents, guardians, grandparents, those leaders, anyone, Father, that may be overseeing or going through any, any type of gender confusion, sexual confusion. I thank you, Father, that you will show them that that is the last thing that you're looking at, but that your desire, oh God, is that your perfect image will come into their life through the person of Jesus Christ, and that you are ready to extend them enough grace to be able to walk out of any confusion into your marvelous and perfect truth. Lord, may you be with them. May the fire of your spirit be with them. May you give them dreams and visions, oh God, of who you've created them to be. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. And Father, just as you gave me a new mirror to look at, I ask now that you give each and every person a new mirror to see themselves the way you see them, that you would remove the old mirror and put the new mirror of heaven, that they will see that they are that diamond on the inside that you have created and that you are removing that tarnish and that they would know and feel the love that you have for them. You love, God loves you so much. There's everything right about you. And you are amazing. You are courageous. You are strong. You're funny. You're brilliant. You're talented. And, And Jesus died for you. Yes. And he's calling your name. So if you haven't accepted Jesus into your heart, I invite you to help him Come into your life yes, and invite him in your heart and just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Help me, guide me, forgive me of my sins and my mistakes. And I ask for a real relationship with you today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much, Daniel, for being on our show. God bless you and your beautiful wife and your children. And God bless everyone who's listening and watching today. And we will see you in the next session. Thank you for listening to Reveal the Diamond Within podcast. If you're blessed by today's message, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Help us spread the gospel. Visit me at virtualchurchmedia.com. God bless you, and we'll see you in the next session.